0: it's back to work for the bucks plus allow me to introduce myself i'm the other josh allen And the Titans ride their defense and not their running back to a big win. We discuss that and so, so, so much more. You know what we do. We are the Monday Morning Extra Point. He's Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez. Before the former NFL quarterback and myself discuss week nine of the NFL, allow me to remind you to follow Brandon Dowdy on Twitter at Brandon Dowdy. Follow me. Len Martez at Elmart 810. Most of all, follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. And don't forget to hit up BucksNation.com for your latest news on the Super Bowl champs. And no matter how you found this podcast, whether it's Spotify, iHeart, or Apple, hit that subscribe button so you get this podcast and others when new podcasts come out. All right, Brandon. So I mentioned the fact that the Bucks are back to work after their bye week after losing to the Saints a couple of Sundays ago. Good news is, as you know, being a former a quarterback, by week, you mend your injuries. So since uh, the Bucks played the Saints, Scotty Miller is back to practice on a 21-day practice uh, schedule. So we'll show him if you're bunting. So it looks like the Bucs will get back to being, well, not, maybe not 100 because... Carlton Davis still on IR, no news on grunt playing. AB Antonio Brown still has a boot on his leg. So still a little bit on a banged up sign, but uh, as we get later into the season, we mentioned that it's getting late. Uh, The Bucs are getting closer to closer to uh,
1: being 100. Yeah. And and they're going to have to be 100, at least 90% to, to make a run at this thing um I truly believe that um but I I think that with the way we approached bi-weeks Lynn and I've been on one year where we were in the thick of things so my first year in the NFL we were in the thick and we rattled off 10 wins and we're 10 and 6 and so we got a bye week. We hit, we got our legs, right. We got our arms, right. We didn't run too much. We didn't throw too much. Um, We just spent a lot of time just reflecting on the weeks prior. And what I mean by that is you just kind of just go in and yeah, the, the, you know, the Bucks have won a lot of games, but there's there's certain times where it's just not tuned up. It's not perfect. It's not crisp. So you take this time to sit there and you say, Hey man, let's try to, Sure up on these details, win or loss. Let's throw the the schedule or throw the the scoreboard out and let's say, how can we get better week by week? And we break down the film. You have somebody break down the film to say when people ran MAs, missed assignments, they had missed blocking assignments, uh, probably had uh, Roy, big Roy Jones on there missing a couple blocks but uh, other than that you know it, it was it's been pretty crisp for them uh, so defensive side of the ball just kind of toning up on some communication stuff but I, I know how bye weeks are they're a breath of fresh air it's, it's good for the families it's good to get off your feet uh, put your feet up so I, I'm sure they did that I thought the interesting thing when I think about the Bucks this week is I just saw that they they brought in Brashad Perriman and I, I was kind of wondering if they were going to go after Odell you know I know he's just cleared free agency cleared the waiver wire and stuff and I've been on the waiver wire and so I know how the, all that is the anticipation but they signed pyramid to the practice squad so maybe that's a sign of something that Antonio is not fully healthy maybe it's a sign of we ain't going after Odell you know you know trying to gonna have to pay him a little bit more than you would have to bring a pyramid in so uh, we'll see how they handle this thing but like I said, they're, they're ready to reload and, and, and re- get recharged. It was, it was like the perfect timing
0: for a bye week. He's Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback, Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point. All right. You brought up the biggest story of the NFL with the exception of Aaron Rodgers going through his uh, COVID-19 issue. You brought up OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., the fact that he was waived by the Browns released by the Browns and now went through cleared waivers, and I was thinking about it from a football standpoint because I, like everyone else, is <laughs> pretty much in Tampa Bay, especially if you're a Bucks fan. Uh, my thinking was, hmm, when a good player gets released, you're like, hmm, can we get this guy on our team? Whenever someone gets released, like I mean, Le'Veon Bell went through the issues he went through with the Jets, and then you know, was spinning around trying to find a job. And people in in Tampa were like, hmm, can we get Le'Veon Bell? No matter what the situation was on the depth chart, that's how you look at it when you see a a, a Pro Bowl-type offensive weapon be released. And that's how I did things last week when OBJ got released. I was thinking, again, hmm, OBJ on the Bucks. Wow. So you tell me, Godwin gets your number one, Evans gets your number two, Antonio (laughs) Brown gets your number three, and OBJ gets your number four.
1: Oh, no,
0: (laughs) no, Beckham Jr. gets your number four with Tom Brady as the quarterback. And then, you know, in regards to that, you're thinking like, oh, there's not enough footballs. Well, guess what? Twelve will make it work because twelve has made it work now, right? Twelve has made it work now, where the the Bucks are currently in Vegas, the favorites to win the Super Bowl again. Uh, it just changed because of what happened, because of what happened in in you know the, the the past week in regards to teams losing on Sundays. But yeah, so again, you got you got Tom Brady that would lead those four wide receivers. And the thing that kind of gives me, um, I guess, some peace of mind in regards to them being enough footballs, one being enough footballs with twelve throwing it, is the fact that, I mean, you look at this team and I mentioned Evans, I mentioned Antonio Brown and obviously uh, Chris Godwin's on this football team. Those are three top wide receivers, but you don't hear so much about Chris and yet Chris Godwin is the leading wide receiver and yeah he's considered the possession guy and the other two guys take the top off or whatever but chris godwin is the number i mean he's like the i only want to say number one because they're one one a whatever but he's the leading receiver on a team that has tom brady trying to feed two other guys so again like i said 12 would make it work if you had your fourth db against odell beckham jr wearing i don't know that has to be a rookie
1: you know what I mean? Like it, it has You to tell be a, me has, because you tell ha- me because you've broken it, down it has film. To be. Yeah, because so I, I thought it was interesting. I watched um, a little bit of the, you know, the OBJ thing unveil. You know, and I think to myself, OBJ was had his most production with a Hall of Fame quarterback, Eli Manning. Um, he had Dano Jones, I think, for a year, maybe, maybe a year. Uh, didn't work out as a rookie. Daniel Jones is a rookie. If you want to gain res- OBJ's respect, and that's what it's about. It's not about uh, what you can do, what how many balls, uh, targets he gets. It's it's not about that. And we we learned that with Antonio Brown, with his big ego that he had, and all the off the field stuff that he had going on. If you want to like gain this dude's respect, this alpha's respect, you need to have had a little bit of a resume no when doubt I think about the no you, doubt you, you can't be Baker Mayfield in there and, and you're trying to persuade him that I'm a good quarterback and you got everybody in the media telling him how bad he is and then he's telling you no I'm I'm, I'm good no.
0: there's a long list there's a long list of teams that people have suspected that OBJ would be a good addition to that I shake my head about I'm like don't do that to that quarterback
1: no. Matt Jones, the New England oh, Patriots. No shot. Zero. Zero chance. That would, they would they. He, they I mean he's, never he's won, that, Yeah, he's one won. He's, no he's, shot. He's
0: one there. I mean, there have been other guys. I don't even know if David uh, Derek Carr is at that place yet to have that type of guy there in regards to uh, in regards to OBJ's personality and and his his uh I don't even want to say sideline antics, but just it, you you know wide receivers you know quote unquote the Deaver approach in regards to you know I, you know I, I was open I was open I was open certain quarterbacks as you mentioned that have the cachet uh, that have the equity would tell that dude pipe down pipe down I got you I got I I got you I'll get the ball to you when I'm ready to get the ball to you and if you don't keep act, if you don't stop acting up. You won't get the ball.
1: Correct. And, and you'll be honest with you, because I've been there with Jarvis. Jarvis is the same way. They're, they're cut from the same cord. They're with the LSU together. Uh, Jarvis gets fired up. But if you if you sit down, Jarvo, and you explain to him during the week why things are happening, the smartest football player in the world, Jarvis Landry, he can run a route. Like, he'll be running a drag route in practice. And – He'll identify coverage post snap, pre snap. He'll he'll be pointing people like, this guy's coming, and ninety percent of the time he comes, and it's like okay, but well, you know you're, at, at some point you're like man I ain't gonna listen to this dude he he he's throwing smoke, but no he's right ninety percent of the time he'll run like a drag route. So that we'll have like an inside crossing route called let's just for example, Jarvis will run a, a drag route, uh, DB uh, tight end or uh, a receiver opposite him will run an in cut, Jarvis post-snap will identify coverage. He'll understand what the coverage is, and then he'll point to the, to the quarterback in 11-on-11 drills where the ball needs to be going. So he'll point. I've watched him. Ryan will catch the ball. One, two, three. He hitches up. Ryan, uh, Jarvis is pointing, knowing he's going to be double-teamed. Based on the coverage, he'll know exactly where Ryan needs to throw the ball, which I think is kind of the same thing with Odell. Is. So the guys like that, what you have to do to them, and I remember, I've, I've been there. I've been in the locker room. I've talked to I've, – I've built a fantastic relationship with Jarvis. You have to be able to communicate to them why they're not – why they will be out of the game plan or in the game plan or what coverage they need to, to see to get the ball so that when they do start yelling at you at the sideline, you can say, hey, remember what I told you on Wednesday? When they run cover four, I want you to throw the freaking – blow the top off the roof of this thing. I'm going to throw you a post. That's, that's instead of him just running a hundred percent all the time, it allows those receivers to keep their legs in the fourth quarter by knowing the coverage, knowing the times I have, I'm one-on-one where I got a matchup I can go win or I cannot, I'm not going to win and I can just save my legs. So when I think about OBJ and I think about what's going to happen, the teams to me that make the most sense, one is the Tampa Bay Bucks And I, and I mean that just, just so he can, Clean up his image like they did Antonio. Like his image, all that crap Antonio went through is dead now. Why? Because he's been silent for three years, two years. He's been silent. He's been under the. He's been under Tom's supervision. Let's just say that. One, two, the second team. I think that that, that I think he'll thrive in to help him in his future is the Green Bay Packers. I think if they add a guy like OBJ, golly, that team is going to be solid. One, I think. Devontae Adams has gotten his, so I think he would defer a little bit to Odell. But you've got a guy like Aaron Rodgers back there that can just pick his poison. He hasn't had that much talent with those two receivers, I don't think, ever in his career. He had Randall Cobb in his prime. But golly, to get those two guys on the same page. And then the third one to me to me is, well, I'm going to give you four. Three would be the Kansas City Chiefs. I think with um, – how, how, they, how they do things on offense. I think they miss Sammy Watkins a lot. Uh, I, I think they miss a, another receiver. I don't think Hardman's got the upstairs to do things that they want them, him to do. He's not coming along as fast, quickly as they want him to. So I think they're missing a guy that's just a, a role guy that can play, get one-on-one matchups. He's never going to get a double-team. Tyreek Hill gets double-teamed every snap. The, the last team that I think is the most one, and you already mentioned it, was Derek Carr and the Raiders. Yeah, to find a guy to win one-on-one matchup opposite of Darren Wallen, Waller, Darren uh, Waller, I think that would be the best fit. You, you're going to have to take away one of them. So I, I think Derek is really good at the – his, his strength is the deep ball. His strength is airing the ball out, giving his receivers a chance. So if you put OBJ in the mix, they got some quick guys, but they don't have guys that can get – can get off the press like Odell can. That have the footwork as Odell can. That can catch a ball and go make two guys miss. Uh, they're missing that in their offense. So those are the four teams I think that he, the, they will he will be most effective at. But don't put them with the Saints, man. That, that's like the number one thing that I'm I'm like hoping he don't go to the Saints. I heard they're in the mix. Man, don't don't do that to Trevor Simeon, Tyreek Hill, or uh, Tyson Hill, or what? Don't do that. Don't do that to those young quarterbacks. He's former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez.
0: This is the Monday morning extra point. You said a mouthful, and let me respond to a couple of things. One is you're so right about the Saints. For one, you mentioned the quarterback situation. Number two is the fact that there are certain teams in the NFL that run it a whole lot more than other teams do. Cleveland, which is one of the teams, obviously, Odell came from, ran it a whole lot. I mean, their offense is based off of Chubb and uh, ah, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the other running back that had the issue in Kansas City. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, thank you very much. Their offense is based off of that. Talk about the Saints. They're another team that runs it a whole lot. Team in Tennessee, before Derrick Henry got hurt, ran it a whole lot. So there are certain teams that you can just cross off the list in regards to not going to be a good fit for Odell Beckham Jr. One of the teams that you didn't mention that I keep hearing about is a team out in the Pacific Northwest, which you would think wouldn't need a wide receiver, would probably need probably more defense or or offensive line help, and that would be the Seattle Seahawks. But Mm -hmm. the idea, Mm -hmm. the idea of having Russell Wilson return with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and also Odell Beckham Jr., it's kind of enticing, but when you talk about the teams like Seattle or even Kansas City, when you're adding Odell to your offense, you're basically telling teams, we're just going to try to outscore you because the teams like Seattle, like Kansas City, have so much other shortcomings mm-hmm. than wide receiver. That's not a top priority when it comes to uh, those teams. As for the Bucks, you're adding to the Riches. And I know there's, you know, questions in regards to how serious Antonio Brown's injury is, whether or not he's going to be back soon. You mentioned the Bashard Perryman signing and putting him on the practice squad and seeing what he has. I mean, he, he had some decent games here a couple of years ago with Jameis Winston. Certainly Bashard is one of those guys that at, at his peak, which kind of is, is yeah, when I say peak, I don't mean top wide receiver in the game, but at his personal peak, he was a guy that we, that could take the top off. He's a speedster; he's that type of guy. So, with permanent signing, you're kind of looking at things like maybe there isn't, you know, an opportunity to add a third wide receiver to this team. And I know I mentioned earlier, Scotty Miller's coming back, and Tyler Johnson had a decent game against the Saints. But all this kind of gets hammered out through the bye week, which is which is good for the Bucks as as the Bucks are concerned. But we're going to find out where Odell ends up. As far as the Bucks are concerned, in week nine, having that week off, they sat around and watched other teams in first place lose. Mm-hmm. Lose. Not only that, but they gained a game in, a, in their own division when the Saints lost, too. So let's talk about week nine. Let's talk about the Falcons and Saints game. Uh, a game that the Falcons won 27-25. to 25. Falcons are now 4-4. Four and four. Saints actually end up being five and three after sharing first place with the Bucks starting on Sunday. But the Saints lose this game in a game that they trailed by, by 20 points in the, in the uh, fourth quarter and scored three touchdowns in the final eight minutes of the game. The Falcons, for some reason, <laughs> whether Dan Quinn is there or not, have a propensity for blowing leads in the second half, uh, kid, i.e. Super Bowl, back when Tom Brady and the Patriots did it to them 28-3. But Saints win this one in New Orleans, put themselves in a position to, uh, to be in that wild card mix in the NFC.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> I was just talking to a friend of mine about, you know, just – the how fragile it is to win in the NFL, how, how truly it means to be, and it's a credit to this league itself. Like the league is, it's not like the NBA where, man, we got the Detroit Pistons coming into town. I just got a week off. No, there ain't no week, ain't week off. This is this week in the NFL and in it its entirety it was a reflection of just how tough it is to win a football game in the NFL. And so, um, I, Atlanta's one of them teams that I think Arthur Smith is starting to implement uh, what he wants to do on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I don't think he's got a good running back. I think the Mike Davis signing was horrendous. I didn't like him at all last year. I didn't like him this year. I know his numbers look sexy, but. Um, I, You're I, not, I, you I not just, a Cordell Patterson
0: know. fan, man. Cordell can do it I all, do man. like
1: Cordell Patterson though. I really do. I think he's, he's dynamic. And I think Matt Ryan is like a leech, man. He like, he like, Sucks on to one of these dudes, man. It was like Julio for a long time, and then it was Steve, uh, Ridley. He would just fire. I mean, Ridley led the uh, the NFL in targets like three straight years, and then and then now it's Cordell Patterson. He's like, if I'm in any trouble, man, I'm gonna throw that sucker to Cordell and see what happens. But now they 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 have some good management. They have some good. I like their nucleus of their team, uh, and what I mean, like, I mean, I like their leadership. I think Arthur Smith is a really good creative um, very innovative offensive mind um, and, and I think they're doing a little bit things that they haven't done under Dan Quinn uh, meaning too high coverages and uh, some buzz coverages they were just traditional cover five which is three week and we're going to run it to death we're going to carry seams we're going to be very disciplined you're going to know exactly what we're going to do we're going to line up in it and we're going to go and play fast and now they're doing a little bit different stuff to confuse some defenses or some offenses, I mean, and on the opposite side, I, I don't know, man. It seems like I, I just, I just, it wasn't the same Saints team I wa- watched from a week ago. I don't know if it was the layoff of playing the Bucks. They won the Super Bowl last week, and now they want to, they, they, they just laid an egg a little bit. But I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what it was. Remember those games, and I don't know what the statistic is on this, but backup quarterbacks in the league that start in a the week, they come in off the off off the bench of an injured quarterback or someone that gets in trouble or whatever. When they start the next week, it's usually trouble. So um, maybe they got some film on Trevor Simeon. I don't know. It was just a mix of a lot of things, a lot of um, things going together and mushing into one. But I I didn't like the Saints game plan going into this game. Um, They didn't run the ball efficiently enough for me. Uh, But I I, I get credit to to Arthur Smith and and, and just exactly knowing the game plan, knowing what they were going to do. and He was able to attack the defense. You know, timely. I guess you could say that. There was a time not too long
0: ago, say a couple of years ago, when the NFC South had quarterbacks, three or four of them in the NFC South that had won MVP awards. And now two or three of those guys is gone. Drew Brees, Cam Newton, gone. The last man standing of that three is Matt Ryan. Obviously, Tom Brady won MVPs, but not while he was playing in the NFC South. But again, Matt Ryan still that last man standing. And I don't know that Matt gets enough credit for having the career that he's had. One place, again, won an MVP, took a team to a Super Bowl, was that close to winning in a Super Bowl. But when you have that quote-unquote general like you have in Matt Ryan running your offense every Sunday, man, it takes so much off of your plate from a football team. I mean, even on Sunday, he was 20, 23 or 30, 343 yards, two TDs, had a rushing touchdown. Mm -hmm. He's safe with the football for the most part. Mm -hmm. And and when it comes to setting up game-winning field goals, he did it on Sunday again. So, I mean, he 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 just takes plays every Sunday, plays every down. It just takes so much off of your plate of worry when you have
1: a football team. I agree. I, I, Matt Matt's a good player, man. He's uh, being one being in the same place through his whole career. That just says a lot about his personality and who he is as a person. Not not even a football player, uh, but just knowing that he can be he he can was is able to sustain for that long is pretty incredible to me. Second thing I thought was cool was. Um, I just I just respect a guy who really can't move. You know what I mean? You have all these sexy zone read guys. They're not doing no RPOs, man. They're dropping back, running bang eights. They're running outside out routes and 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 he's on time, on target. He understands the coverages. I mean, the guy's played so many snaps, and so just a credit to that. He doesn't have crazy amount of weapons like he usually does with julio and ridley and and you know even tony gonzalez in his prime like he had so he don't have that anymore and he's still producing and and, and leading this team nobody thought this team was going to win for five six eight games and they're on pace to do it you know so like i said i i like arthur smith he was i I don't know if you know this but arthur smith's dad owns i think ups or fedex fedex fred smith fred
0: smith yep yeah so i actually he, met him believe it or not did you really fred smith yeah
1: long story but i don't really want to get into it. it's not football related <laughs> dude i'm dude if, if if my dad owned fedex i don't know if i'm coaching ball but yeah i don't, that's, know, if I, that's really I don't know if that's I, yeah. it, it very tempting just to sit on the couch and yeah. and 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 just watch shipping and receiving stuff happen yeah but, but no man credit to him he started he and he did it the right way he didn't get no freebies he was like a quality control guy and worked his way all the way up, became a quarterback coach to an offensive coordinator to a head coach, man. He just did it the right way. And he's very innovative. His mind is like, he coaches like my dad is the owner of FedEx. Like, I don't really, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like like if this, if this works out, it does cool. If it don't, eh, all right. You know? So that's why he, he it's just very aggressive, very aesthetically pleased. I thought he did a really good job with Tennessee last year. Um, just being creative and when he took his shots.
0: You mentioned earlier in regards to no weeks off in the NFL, unlike other sports where, you know, you may play a team, have a three game series versus the Florida Marlins or a team that's, you know, struggling to win games and, you know, the Baltimore Orioles, something along Mm -hmm. those lines, you have that weekend off or that midweek three games off. It's not like that in the NFL, as you mentioned. And on Sunday, Four teams on Sunday, Jags, Broncos, Giants, and Chiefs, all at or below 500, defeated teams that were in first place. Yep. And one of them was the Buffalo Bills, who lost to the Jags 9-6. to Yes, it was one of those games where, oh, but at God. the top, I mentioned it. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, because the other Josh Allen had a sack, an interception, and a fumble recovery of the quarterback, Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I just I, – I can't buy stock in the Bills, man. I, they just – I've said it before, but they just the, – the, the success arrow has stroke, struck them. Their offense looks out of sync. They, they kind of are in a category and, and you know, they're, they're, with, they're grouped together with the Chiefs. Like they've gotten away with being so sloppy and winning so much that it's like, man, how, how can we how can we get our feet? How can we get a first down? How can we get a hitch route? Like, dude, late in that game, bro. The, the Buffalo Bills scored six points in their first two drives. They had two field goals in their first two drives and they didn't score a point the rest of the game. And they they did all the things that you cannot do when you try to win a football game. They turned the ball over. Penalties. They gave up sacks. They had bad, bad, bad penalties, timely, bad penalties. They Josh Allen ran around back there like a chicken with his head cut off and tried to uh, throw things, make plays when plays were not there. Yeah. There's a, there's a, saying that I say when I do my color commentating, just young quarterbacks, don't try to make a bad play worse. And when I watch like Josh Allen, when I watch Patrick Mahomes sometimes, they make bad plays worse. Like they they try to use their athletic God-given gifts that he has given them to try to force a ball when there's nobody, when when a play is not made. Those guys on the other side of the field, those defensive guys, they get paid as well. They, they, they collect a check. They aren't just fans from the sideline that are coming in to play the game and they're, oh, we, we, we're going to be hit on every single play. Sometimes when I watch these games, with when I watch Buffalo this weekend specifically, it seemed like they were not patient enough to say, hey, man, they're winning on this side of the ball. Maybe I need to check the ball down. Maybe I need to call a couple more run plays rather than have my 245-pound quarterback just get absolutely just demolished back there. So for me, it was, it, it was a, a product of a lot of things. It was a product of just, uh, just, just, they were just very, 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 very sloppy and just not making a bad play worse. If you get anything out of this podcast, don't make a bad play worse, man. That's the, that's the number one rule in freaking sports and in life. If you got a bad play and yeah, you messed up, if you're a man and you messed up with your girl or whatever and you made a bad play, don't make it worse and lie. Just tell him the truth. It it correlates to everything, my (laughs) dude.
0: He's former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point. A couple of things, and I want to ask you this, being a former NFL quarterback. Bills, you mentioned two field goals, didn't score a touchdown in the game, came into the game the number one offense in the NFL, averaging over 32 points a game but they knew all week who they were playing. They were playing the Jacks. Being in that locker room, is there such a thing of looking on the schedule, knowing who you're playing that week and thinking we're good, we're straight. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to do the extra work that we did the week before when we played the Patriots or when we played the Ravens or when we played another team, the Titans in the AFC. Is, is there such a thing as taking a week off when you play a team like the Jags, who, by the way, for all the things that they did on Sunday defensively, I mentioned Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, the linebacker, having a game that he had, Jags defense didn't, Jags offense didn't do anything. They went two for 13 on, on third down. They got more first downs on penalties than they did on actual plays, passing or rushing. So they didn't do anything great offensively. So I ask you again: Is there such a thing of taking that week off when you see the Jags on the
1: schedule? Well, I think yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think they were just expecting to, like everybody else. You know, everybody else thought they were going to expecting. So to win in, the
0: inside the locker room, you get so, caught up
1: on thinking you're going to automatically thinking you're going to win like that, and
0: not and not thinking you got to put in the work.
1: The vets, the vets don't allow that if you have good vets on your offense. And I can't speak for the defensive side of the ball. I can't because I wasn't in the meetings. I don't know. I was in team meetings with those guys, but from an offensive standpoint, and I and I'm just gonna be real. And I know you don't like him, but Ryan Ryan Tannehill never let us do that.
0: <laughs> he never let us. Yes, I you did. Like you him. did last
1: week. You said you, you said you, I'm not a fan. I'm gonna text him right now. Um, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but no. Don't let me get started, but my guy. RT, I'm gonna start getting off. We're gonna up get, there. We'll we'll get, get there. We'll get there to him anyway. I know, got I know, to bro, Sunday, I'm I'm yet. A, no, Mark, Week no, Mark, night. no, uh, Derek. The, the king is we'll out. We still there. got W's. It's we'll fine. No, I'm just kidding. Week anyway, uh, was
0: <laughs> Sunday night. We'll get to your pool with Mr. <laughs> Tanner and the Titans.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I dread it. But no, 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 but listen, uh, I, I, there were, I agree, but good vets don't allow you to, to, miss somebody because they know how how fragile it is to win in this league. Two, I think they're our number one offense in the league. Okay. They've played the Dolphins twice. You know yeah, right? Yeah. True. Okay. They've they've played the Buff the Houston Texans as well. They're so yeah. they've gotten three, and they played the Chiefs when the Chiefs were still trying to figure it well, out a yeah. couple of weeks ago, three, uh, three or four weeks ago when they were trying fair. to figure it out. They had actually, actually, let me let me think back now. The Chiefs were without Chris Jones in that game because I watched it, and he was in he was in uh gym shorts and a t shirt yeah, on the on, on the sideline. So <laughs> they, that that guy's one of them purple you, you, you draw on the little thing like difference makers. You have, when you get a, so take you inside an NFL training a uh, week of preparation the first day of when you get into the stadium so <laughs> for everybody else but on other than quarterbacks quarterbacks are in there every single day sunday comes we play the game monday comes we do a little review of what happened the week the, the week the, the night prior the day prior tuesday was our our official day off in the nfl when i was in miami um so we would have a quarterback-only meeting. We'd be the only people in there. No one else would come in there. People come in there to get training. Training room gets there to get their bodies right, but no meetings, no football, no nothing. We would go in there and we would knock out third downs just to kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of what they were doing. Watch the 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 night, two nights before game uh, that would the of the team we were playing at the, the next week. Um, but when in when you do that, you you prep, you work, you work things out in that meeting room, and you try to implement them into your game plan I want I and so when I'm watching the Buffalo Bills play it just doesn't seem like offensively they're still riding on what they did last year they're not moving forward evolving even 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 when I watched that Miami game because I unfortunately watched them play Miami the last time and they scored like 21 points in the fourth quarter they were it was tight until the end. They finally just kind of broke away at the end. Then it was a also a lot of touchdowns. it was also a lot of field position too because that defense played well against the Miami Dolphins. It was no, you're right. They did, they did. Well, every defense plays good against the Miami Dolphins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boy, they committed five turnovers and still won the game on Sunday. But we're not talking Dolphins. We're talking first place teams. The Monday morning extra point for NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez. I mentioned first place teams and. As the Bucs sit home for that bye week, right? Losing to the Saints the previous week, week nine is sitting at home. And I mentioned earlier how four teams that were at or below 500 beat first place teams. This all helped the Bucks because when the Bucks started Sunday sitting at home during their bye week, they were six and two with other teams having only one loss in the conference. Well, lo and behold, No one told the Denver Broncos this because they went into Dallas on Sunday and manhandled the Cowboys 30 to 16. Don't get it twisted with that 16 points from the Cowboys. It came at the end of the game. Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, had less than 100 yards passing entering the fourth quarter. You mentioned about buying or selling teams and I'm okay with this because I'm not really the, the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan, but after Sunday, and I know Dak didn't play Sunday night versus the Vikings a couple of Sundays ago. Man, I don't want to hear it. I, nor do I. I'm not,
1: That's man, a bye a week. Man. Here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. It's like, a bye week. I can't give you props. Week four on the Monday morning extra point. Week five on the Monday morning extra point. Six and seven, and even week eight. When you when I give you props about being able to stop the run and running the football the way you do, the two-headed horseman between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, and then you put up that stinker at home against the Broncos, where, again, all three facets of the game, the Broncos dominated for
1: four quarters. You know what was cool, and I don't know if you watched a lot of this game, but there it seemed like and i don't know maybe because they were just winning and they had a lot more to cheer about but it seemed like there was a lot more bronco fans than there was dallas fans in this game i don't know if you watched but i was like i was like shocked you got a you know 6 and 1 team i mean you're in contention here like this is if i was i'm not saying me I'm, me rewind not me saying that they're in contention not me saying you've got a good football team this is what a, a idea, Cowboy, idea yeah, optimistic be, yeah wants to feel like man i'm six and one
0: I, I mentioned it i mentioned the fact
1: that week five six seven and eight i'm bragging about you yeah no six and one and i'm thinking maybe they sell this thing out maybe the i don't know if it's the dallas guys the the, the uh, dallas uh, fans just quick to sell their tickets or what but i mean i watched this game and i was like man Man, that's a good good roar when the Broncos are scoring. I don't know if it was – I don't know. Maybe it was just good – maybe they're pumping in some crowd noise or something. I have no idea. But, anyway, I, I wonder, why do you think I think that the Broncos are a problem? A problem as far as winning? Problem.
0: Problem for other teams? Yes. Because they have Teddy Bridgewater who doesn't turn the ball
1: over? Doesn't turn the ball over and they run that dang rock, man. They got yeah. some big – the is up front, and they got a two-headed monster. Devontae Adams is, is the steal in the second round of that draft. That dude is a player. He's going to be a player for a long time. He's grinder. He works his butt off. He finishes runs. He does a good job in the pass protection. Melvin Gordon is going to get paid next year, <laughs> probably by the Dolphins. And then he's they drafted Williams for a reason. And so they have a good nucleus of a team. You don't need a guy to throw for 400 yards a game. A la Patrick Mahomes. You got a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who is not going to turn the ball over. He's going to make the smartest decision out there. He's going to put you in your best position from a run standpoint. I'm meaning, going to three and a nine technique. We're going to run. Uh, down a down block we're gonna run a down scheme to a three and a nine technique we're not gonna run a freaking uh zone inside zone to that we're not gonna run into a drop down safety we're gonna run away from that he's gonna put you in the best position to be successful in the run game and the pass game he's gonna protect himself I I like Teddy's game do I think they can win with Teddy heck yeah I think they can win with Teddy if they run the football efficiently and they play their game the games that they have lost this year, they've gotten down, and they have to come back. They have to do something heroic. Uh, and they also had lock for a game, so that, that's a kind of like a scratch. Uh, but I, I was not impressed by Dallas. that they, they have a terrible effort. I mean, I thought it was just her- horrendously effort. When they got down, bro, it was like, show some dog, man. Show some grit. Not in the fourth quarter when freaking nobody's playing the football game no more. I, I just – third, second, third quarter, they weren't out of that game. Uh, but they just had no dog. They had no. They didn't do a good job just scheming things up, and they didn't didn't get their two headed monster running back uh, going. They, and, and Denver did. Yeah, the Broncos end up only one game out of first place. By the way, you talk, about,
0: man. you talk about you know winning and not winning with with Teddy Bridgewater. That division is all bunched up in the AFC West, and the Broncos were helped out by the Las Vegas Raiders. Going to Matt Life on Sunday and losing to the Giants. So, I mean, again, a game that you would think, I mean, talk about the Giants who had just lost on Monday night versus KC. Yes, you have to travel west to east to play the Giants, but for the most part, the Giants were a struggling football team. But somehow, some way, they figured out a way to stop Derek Carr and the Raiders in the red zone, a game that I watched a lot of and, and was surprised by the outcome. But another team in the AFC West, that started Sunday, Week 90 NFL, at 500, was the Kansas City Chiefs, and I mentioned the Bucks were kind of helped out by teams that only had one loss, losing on Sunday, and that would be the, one of those other teams would be the Packers, who lost to the Chiefs 13 to seven, and not the prettiest games of uh, of the week, but it was a game the Chiefs won. Get a game that kind of settled things down in Chiefs' kingdom because people, although they won on Monday night, they won ugly against the Giants 20 to 17. And they even won ugly versus the Packers 13 to 7, as I mentioned. But in that game on Sunday versus the Packers against a good defense, the Chiefs had 237 total yards. Think yeah. about that. Think about, yeah. you mentioned the idea of adding Odell Beckham Jr. to that team that already has Hardman, Toby Kill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, the MVP 50 touchdown guy, the 400 million guy running their team along with the coaching staff that they have, and they put together 237 total yards of offense. And I don't know about you, Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback, but Chiefs are Chiefs are no better than, I mean, than an average football team, dude. I mean, they're just not. And you talked about earlier about how they that the they could use OBJ in regards to maybe missing Sammy Watkins and and how the middle of the field possession wise they could use OBJ but they don't throw the ball there anymore. I watched that game on Sunday and I watched Travis Kelsey on multiple plays be open. And I watched Mahomes try to force the ball deep. And I don't know if he's trying to keep Tyreek Hill happy, but there were times, and I could see the play after the play is done where Kelsey's frustrated walking to the sidelines like I'm open and I'm not getting the football. Mm -hmm. They're not in sync. And again, they can have all the weapons they want, but they're a 500 football team right now.
1: They're a bad football team, Len. Their quarterback's not playing good. Um, I, I'm, I'm sick of giving excuses for him. I'm sick of the media, ESPN, giving excuses for the kid. He, he's worth $500 million, man. You, you, When you sign a contract like that, you're, you're held to a different standard, in my opinion. Um, he's just not playing very well. He's just not identifying coverage. It's like, it's like the Chiefs, and I said this a little bit before, but I'm going to reiterate it a little bit and kind of maybe drive my point home a little bit. It's like they've kind of um, – they've gotten used to a style of play. And the cute, uh, big shot, pick your time to throw a deep ball, um, improvisation – They've gotten so caught up in that that it's taken away from Patrick's post-snap read. He does a great job in pre-snap reads. But when, when they when coverages change on him, he struggles. He's not patient enough. These, these teams, I watch this game. Tampa didn't do nothing crazy on defense. They said, Green we're going to play. I mean, I'm sorry, Green Bay said, we're going to play cover two, cover two Tampa. We're going to drop everybody to the sticks and we're going to tackle you underneath. That's what we're going to do. If you want to throw a deep shot, you're going to be throwing a prayer. Check the ball down and live with it. Man. Tell me why
0: they don't check it down. Explain to me why I, they don't check it down.
1: To me and and I might be just completely off the wall on this and I might be completely different and I, my mindset might be so different. But ESPN has created a monster in Patrick Mahomes. The dude is on like I mean he's like Peyton Manning of commercials dude like he's uh, i saw him with the bows. he's on like uh, state farm i mean the dude it's it's become so bad that he wants all these sexy numbers and it feels like calculated of wanting to just get hits on twitter hits on social media rather than winning football games like he'll he'll roll out a, a weird arm angle throw for no reason or a no-look throw in the middle of the pocket for no You don't even need to hold nobody. You're just throwing no look throws to, to make it look cool. Or throw a left-handed ball and trap. It's just like he's gotten so big that he no one can really tell him what to do. Like no one can Andy Reid, he don't listen to Andy Reid no more. He don't listen to Travis Kelsey no more. And it shows on, on the product that happens on Sundays, man. It's it's so frustrating to watch because I am a huge Mahomes guy and I even have said to people, Matt, Matt, Matt Moore, his backup, uh, Ryan Tannehill, my, one of my friends, I, I've said this to people that are in that circle, that nucleus, that I think Mahomes has got a chance to be the greatest quarterback of all time over Tom Brady because of his mental capacity, what he can handle from a mental standpoint, and what he can, can handle from an arm angle, crazy throw. It looks like, man, his feet his feet are so awful it's like high school feet footwork like when he has to sit in the pocket and make a throw he can't do it no more because he needs guys to be wide open to throw it that's how it is man that's how that's how that's what happens when you you scheme up and you you show your hand so early and you run out of bullets and that's what, exactly what they're doing they're frustrated they're like one of the more frustrating teams on the other side let me talk about Green Bay packers um they better keep aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I watched this game, and Stefanski, all they did was play cover zero to Jordan Love. That's all they, they did. They, dude, they they ran more cover zero than I've ever seen in a team ever in my life when I watched it. I was like, man, he is bringing it again? First down, second down, third down from everywhere, and they had no answers. Their answer was, I'm mean, going to go three-step drop and throw it as high as I can to uh, Devontae Adams' one-on-one ball and see what happens. Just a prayer. That's, that's concerning, my opinion, for a head coach and a young quarterback that's been been given the reps that he's been given. Aaron Rodgers didn't play all offseason. He had all the reps. He saw all the coverages. He saw cover zero. He should have an answer to cover zero based on the formation that he's in every single time. There's no excuse for that. Aaron does. So go pick at your, your Hall of Fame quarterback's mind a little bit and stop trying to be cool and try to be fit in with him. So th- there's an issue there. There's a disconnect there. Their game plan was terrible. Knowing, I mean, I know Stefanski's going to run cover zero. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't even play in the league no more. I know he's going to run it. These dudes that are watching film, he runs it more than anybody in the league other than the freaking Baltimore Ravens. So uh, that was concerning on the opposite end. couple of things. In regards to Patrick
0: Mahomes, 166 yards, fewest yards in a game he's played, a full game that he's played. In his career, 166, 20 and 37, 166. The other thing in regards to Jordan Love's concern, and his numbers were pedestrian 19 of 34, 190 yards. He had a touchdown and interception. This game was, I mean, it was 13 to 7, but the Packers lost the game offensively, but they also lost the game special teams because Mason Cros- Crosby missed a field goal in the first quarter and he had a field goal block in the second quarter. That's six points and they yep. lost by six. Mm-hmm. But You said Stefanski, and it's actually, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Steve Spagnola still. Spagnola, I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. Spagnola. But here's the thing about Spagnola, the reason why I bring it up. No, you're fine. But the reason why I bring up Spags is because Spags, former head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. And you know what Mm -hmm. I remember about Spags? Mm -hmm. Spags ran his defense, four guys coming. That's it. He did not blitz. But he all blitzed, he does now. But he but he blitzed on Sunday. Buddy. He blitzed on Sunday every he, chance he got. And do you know why he again, does that? This is a guy who won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. sending four against yep. Tom Brady. Don't mm-hmm. forget that. Spags Absolutely. was a defensive coordinator when the Giants beat the Pats, and they said four guys never blitzed. Yep. Spags saw himself a rookie
1: quarterback, and he kept sending Kept sending. He, he kept saw sending that they didn't have an answer. I well, mean, they listen. Didn't have an answer, if you don't adjust. Why not? If you don't
0: adjust, why yeah, not? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. First, first quarter, second quarter. You come out and you do, and you do what you do. And in the second half, you do it once, and you find out they haven't adjusted. Guess what? You're gonna continue to do <laughs> all day. You're gonna man. keep doing it again. I mean, you know this better than I do when it comes to you play thirty minutes. You go into halftime, and what do you do? You make adjustments and you come exactly. back. And if a team doesn't adjust to what you were, what they were able to do to you in the
1: first first half, then you keep doing it. It's a it's 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 a direct effect of Jordan Love's mental capacity. And I know I know that sounds kind of funny. I don't want to say that. I'm not calling him dumb. I would never do that. But mental capacity in my and I'm football I'm, wise,
0: he's I'm, just not there yet, dude. That's it's not, just not there. That's not a knock.
1: That's not, not a there. knock. It's He's just not there the, yet, you know. And 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 for and I'm not make I'm not puffing my chest out. I don't. I'm not the smartest dude in the world. I think the reason why I didn't make it in another world in that league for longer was because of my mental aptitude. I was like, man, this is this is too much, man. I got to figure out who the Mike is, who the Sam is. I got to identify who Will is. I got to identify who number four is. Every snap by 50s plays, I'm toast, man. Uh, by the end of a practice, I'm just mentally exhausted. My mind was just booming. So I think that's the exact same thing for Jordan Love. But let me rewind. That's not an excuse. I, I would get three, four reps of practice, man. I was the third string practice squad quarterback. You're talking about a first round pick with a dude that they didn't even bring in a backup. He had that one guy that, uh, no, uh, let me not mess with this dude's name because he's a baller, but he's on the practice squad now. But he, he had that kid and he was sharing, sharing reps, quote unquote, with him. Man, he was getting every single snap. He was getting every snap with Devontae Adams. He was getting every snap with that offensive line. He was communicating with the offensive line all offseason when Aaron Rodgers was sitting there on in, in Waikiki or whatever with his girlfriend uh, or his wife now, uh, doing all of what he wanted to do. He was sitting there with his all man, that. with his man bun. <laughs> yeah, with his man bun and his uh, man. I don't know what he's doing. But no, there's just no excuse, man. And that has that it comes from coaching, simplifying it, and that's from him getting in the book. Taking it serious and and treating yourself like a franchise quarterback. Do you want to make some money? You want to be a franchise guy. You want to be the, you want to have the the franchise feel confident and letting Aaron Rodgers walk and t- you taking on the Green Bay Packers, maybe the more most prolific NFL team other than the, the the Dallas Cowboys in the world. You want to be the star from that? Go ahead, go make your money. Go take the take this opportunity for what it's worth. It just Jordan Love didn't did not do that, and I'm worried about his future now. He's former for quarterback Brandon
0: Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning X report. All right, Mr. Dowdy, it's uh it's that time where we we have to talk about no, not yet. Don't pump yourself up just yet. No hand clapping, no Texas Ryan Tannehill just yet. Uh we gotta we gotta give you some humble pie first before we talk about the uh the Tennessee Titans because chronologically. Chronologically, we, uh, we want to talk about Sunday afternoon, the 4 o'clock games, before we talk about Sunday night. And one of those 4 o'clock games featured two NFC West teams. I talked about teams like the Cowboys and other teams like the Packers, who went into Sunday with only one loss and ended up losing. Well, there was another team in the NFC That had one loss on Sunday, and they kept their record with one loss. And that's the Cardinals, who are now eight and one. They beat up on the 49ers, 31 to 17. Niners, I can't explain them. They're three and five. They're one of the teams in the NFL that I looked at this year and thought before the season started, okay, you run it well. Defense is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he's an above average quarterback. It should be pretty good. I mean, they've made a Super Bowl with exactly pretty much the same team, mm-hmm. and they're zero and four at home, three and five this year, one and eight in the last two seasons at Levi Stadium. The Niners can't figure it out. Meanwhile, the Cardinals won it on Sunday with Colt McCoy as their quarterback, and and I, know, all due respect to Colt McCoy, who was twenty two to twenty six. 249 yards had a TD. Uh, he's a backup in this league. Mm-hmm. But every time you look up Colts leading teams to wins, he did it with the with the Washington football team, led them to wins when he was pressed into service. He did it with the Giants when they pressed him into service and he won a game in Seattle. And he did it again on Sunday versus the 49ers. And again, the Cardinals are now eight and one. Uh, a team that you continue to doubt and not buy into, but they are eight and one.
1: Okay, um, I don't. I still. I, <laughs> it's too early. It's too early, dog. I'm still hanging on uh, to, that same, to that same branch. Don't we worry. St- We're still in November, uh, yeah. early November. But, no, I I, I, I like the game plan in this game. I watch a lot of this game. I think the best thing that happened in this game, and I don't mean this because I don't wish injury upon anybody ever in my life. I don't think I'm, I'm a very big proponent. Let me make that very, very clear. But losing Chase Edmonds in this game and losing uh, Kyler Murray – was the best thing for this team. And I don't mean that in like, uh, like I, I, for them, like I have no, 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 don't hear me wrong, right away. Right. I would love for them to play because they are uh, franchise guys. So I, I have no ill will towards that. But for this team, understanding that, hey, we can run one back power and be successful. We can run outside zone, stretch zone. And be very successful. We can run pin and pull. And we don't have to throw the ball on the RPO every single time. We can give it to James Conner, our, our dog. I mean, he's a – he's a that, that dude's becoming a dog. And his story is crazy cool. Like his cancer survivor, and, oh, man, that's a cool, cool story. And so I, I root for him naturally. But he's a downhill runner, in-your-face runner. He's going to fall forward every snap. That's what they are going to – that formula from Sunday? If they can copy and paste that for the next eight weeks, nine weeks, and plus, there'll be a problem. But the problem is, Kyler Murray comes back. Do they start getting sexy again? The Hopkins comes back. Do they start forcing balls up to him again? Uh, how long is Chase Edmonds out? Do they start getting getting too too uh, cute in the backfield? I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. You're gonna win. You're gonna win games with Kyler Murray and you're going to lose games with Colin Murray. It's just depending upon which games you can lose and afford to lose and which games you're willing to win.
0: So, Like you, I watched this game too. I watched this game going into it thinking the Niners would be a little more competitive than they were, yeah. seeing they were playing against a backup quarterback, even with the fact that I mentioned that Colt McCoy shows up on Sundays and just wins football He's games a pro, man. He's a backup, yeah. Pro. But when it comes to the Cardinals – and I agree with you. This game was about the fact that they weren't they weren't fancy. It was simplicity. It was simplicity. It was a matter of basically being ball control. Mm-hmm. They had they had the ball for thirty six minutes. Yep. They ran it for one hundred sixty plus yards. Yep. They gave the ball to James Conner twenty plus times, and they did that in the first half. They did that in the first quarter. He actually had touchdown runs on back-to-back drives in the first quarter. So you knew their game plan. That, they came out with that. It wasn't like they adjusted to it or anything like that. And as far as the Niners are concerned, I mean, you're talking about playing eight in a box against Colt McCord, or at least you th- you're not thinking that you mentioned Hopkins being out. This guy's not going to throw 25 yards down the field. So you would think that they would be prepared to take the run away, but they still weren't able to. And I mentioned them running for 160 yards and having them over 36 minutes. I mean, to me, that that impressed me about the Cardinals. I'm still not buying them because what's going to happen, as you mentioned, when they get healthy, when they get a little more fancier, and they take the simplicity away, it's Mm -hmm. going to be Kyler Murray again. And listen, if you if you go going to tell me that they can play bloody with Kyler Murray, with him just turning around and handing it off to somebody thirty times, then great, fantastic, I'll buy in. But I'll believe it when I see it, and I can mention other teams in NFL that that rode that type of football to winning playoff games and even Super Bowls. Heck, the Bucks did it last year. So I, I know that the Cardinals are nine or eight and one, and power rankings may have them the number one team in the nfl some of it by default because other teams that in the nfc lost this past week mm-hmm. but like i said it's november and um when the competition gets a little more stiff we'll see where the cardinals are at and they may amazing. get they may get that number one ranking I, I mean i don't i don't doubt that they may get that number one ranking the thing that gets me is the fact that he's uh, shaking your head no. Oh, the man. thing that gets me is that they're in the division that they're in, but I say that, and the Niners put up the stinker they did, so who knows?
1: Yeah, I know. It's it, Like we said, we said earlier in, in the week, early in the, in the night, we said, man, this is a week-by-week week season, week-by-week week, uh, league, let's just say that, and I think that um, the game plan here was was the winning formula moving forward. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think that staff. I don't think they're veteran enough to understand what it takes to win in this NFL league. They haven't been doing it long enough. They don't have the. And I, I don't know. Then maybe it's just me. Do you think like um, maybe he's trying to get Kyler paid? And I know I don't mean that. And hmm. it's gonna it's gonna defer from him winning or losing football games. No, I'm not saying that. To say, is he so invested, kind of like the Dolphins are invested in Tua, that it's taking away from other aspects of their game, um, that Kiff Kingsbury made a really risky move by sticking his neck out for this kid, this, this Kyler Murray kid. And he knows that if he fails, my job is done. So it's not, if we lose football games, it's not going to be because of Kyler. Because Curry. Kyler threw for 125 yards. Right. It's going to be because Kyler throws for 400 yards, but, hey, it's not Kyler's fault. He's in the MVP candidate. He's throwing for 5,000 yards. It ain't his fault. That's my investment. Right, look at his numbers. Coach. Right, look yes. at his numbers. Do you think that, that might be it? And I, I I kind of think about it from that standpoint where it just kind of feels like, dude, they, they have the capability, like, like I saw last week, that they can run the football. Like, I was doubting it. That's why I was – selling 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 so hard It's cuz i i didn't see what i saw on sunday ever. and that's a that's a san francisco defense that's pretty gritty up front fred mm-hmm. warner i mean they got some studs up front those uh-huh. i mean they got some run stoppers they ain't like they're they're softies <laughs> like the fish um but they 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 do a good job of what i'm saying is i just didn't see the scheme schematically that like I saw last week. So maybe I don't know, man. I, I wanted to get your, your take on that. Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah man it might be. I know Seriously. I, I, it I mean it listen like like most
0: conspiracies if not all conspiracies if uh if you break it down talk about it at enough times um yeah you can make sense of it but I mean who knows he's he certainly he's certainly gonna ride his uh, you know ride his hotel four wins because that's the success of, of of certainly this quarterback and head coach combination right these guys are joining at the hip right they brought in they brought in cliff kingsbury because they were going to draft Kyler murray i mean it's, it's they're hand they, in hand
1: but dude do you think about it like m- like mike tomlin and ben roethlisberger they've been connected to the hip of the hip for the, for ben's entire career right but okay. there but, but with there's, them, there's there's times where Ben throws for 150. That's what I was going to say. There's times where Ben throws exactly. for 400. That's what I was going to say. But it's not about... it's, 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 yeah. about it's yeah. not about – It's yeah. yeah. it's about dubs. It's not about winning the MVP. It's about dubs. Yeah. It's about getting anybody paid. It's about, hey, man, hey, Ben, go throw for 50 times in – in September and October, but when December starts rolling around, we're going to give it to the horse. At one time it was Le'Veon Bell. It was Jerome Bettis. It was the big dogs. They said we're going to play good defense and then we're going to run the football. So I, see so that's where my conspiracy, I guess, comes from because you're, you're comparing two guys that are attached to the hip, but those guys were, you know what yeah, I
0: mean? I don't know. But there, there is a difference. There is attached to the hip along with the offense too. You know where where you have a guy that's in Kyler Murray that is made for the offense that Cliff Kingsbury wants to run. Correct. Uh Tomlin is about as you mentioned is about dubs and about wins and about team, and it, it's totally it's totally different. Cliff Kingsbury to me, and this is the, this isn't to be harsh, but he's not in the NFL without a quarterback like Kyler Murray. True. Mike Tomlin was in the NFL prior to taking the, the or winning the head coaching job with the Pittsburgh Steelers and and, and wowing them in his interview with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he was in the league. So, you know, Cliff is in the league because he wants the offense he wants that is suitable for the quarterback that he has. True. So that's, so, I mean, that, you know, like I said, joint by the hip with the quarterback head coach and the offense throw the offense in there too, Absolutely. Uh, you know, not to say two years from now, three years from now, if they're not together, that Kyler Murray can't run another offense, but for right now, all we know is he can run this offense.
1: Exactly. No, you're right.
0: Now is the time that uh, we get to talk about your boy, my boy, Mister Brandon Dowdy. Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback, Len Martez, the Monday Morning Extra Point. Your boy being not my... your boy, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're gonna stop this, man. Because I'm gonna meet. I'm gonna meet Ryan one day, and you're gonna and he, introduce he's gonna get, me. He's gonna give you one of these. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna pull his hand back. Um, you're going to introduce me and say, "Hey, man, this guy. Uh, this is Len Martez. You know, he kind of talked bad about you when you were the Dolphins. He doesn't think you're very good. And he's gonna he's gonna stick his hand out. He's gonna have a Super Bowl ring on it. You um, never do that. <laughs> he's gonna have a ring on it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's talk about the, the last game on Sunday, Sunday night, man. We saved the uh, we saved the best for last, at least in, in your terms. I yes. talked about all those teams that were with one loss in the NFC co- going into Sunday. The Rams on Sunday night was one of those teams, but they lost to the Titans, twenty eight to sixteen. Both teams are now seven and two. Titans and Rams both now seven and two. Titans are the number one team in the AFC. The Rams. Are actually in second place, even at seven, two, 7 and two behind the Cardinals, who we talked about earlier, who are eight and one. Titans, fifth straight win. I mentioned Tannehill, not the most impressive day. Now, but, they, but they but <laughs> they but they rolled the back. Hey, listen, bottom line is we mentioned it, dubs, right? They dubs, man. He didn't do anything to lose the game, right? So, and and without his big horse and Derrick Henry. As you mentioned King Henry. I mean, they found a way to win this football game and, and they rolled the back of their defense,
1: and they did. And you know what? It, I know his numbers didn't look sexy. Um, there was a lot of hype coming into him having to step up, making all that money. Um, but he never wavered and, and he played this game in control, he did a good job of just take him with the defense, gives him like he always does, took his shots when he needed to, but he's been using his legs a lot more this year. That's been like the most impressive thing that I've had about him because he's, he's, dude's a freak now. I mean, he could sit there. I remember one time we were sitting in the, in the weight room and uh, he was just knocking out pull-ups. We were talking about, actually, we were talking about Baltimore's defense, crazy defense. And he was sitting there and he was like, man, I don't know. What, was it Baltimore? No. Yeah, it was Baltimore. We're sitting there talking about Baltimore's defense or a defense, let's just say, and we're, we're in the weight room, you know, doing some extra work and he's knocking out some pull-ups and I'm, and he's just speaking to me through knocking out the pull-ups and I'm like, dude, Ryan, bro. Like I, I need like full focus. I need all my energy. If I'm doing pull-ups and I'm, I'm, I'm taking my body weight and trying to curl my body weight, like, dude, I can't talk to you. Like, he's like asking me questions and stuff. I'm like, dude, I could get like four pull-ups. I just watched you do like 15 mid convo dog, like chill out, man. What are you built in a lab? Um, So, but he's a freak, man. He he's doing, he's, he's doing the the little things that you don't see that, that, that just learning how to win football games, not trying to do sexy. And this Tennessee Titans team They're a problem, man. Uh, they're, they're, they've beaten some teams the last five games since the, the Jags demodel, whatever the heck that happened there. Or I'm sorry, the Jets demodel. They've won five in a row. And they've beaten quality teams, playoff teams. And I'm putting the, Ram, or the Colts in that category because I think they're peaking at the right time. I think they're the best, uh, what are they, 4-4 four four football team in the, in the NFL. Where three, three Actually, 3-4. Three Wait, no, they're four and five football team in the NFL. They, they do a good job on the running the football and stuff. So um, I think they're come, on the come up beating a Rams team. Uh, yeah, I'm hyped about it. It's a great win. It's a golf awesome win. I think that their defense played really well, but they also were out without the, um, the beast incarnate uh, Von Miller just sitting there, you know, you know, he was kind of, foaming at the mouth they had their new toy they weren't allowed to bring out yet because of an ankle injury so uh, yeah it's a great win I mean not take anything away from that it's a fantastic win for my guy but I think they they were so focused on Vaughn all week that ah, they just didn't play up to par and it was it was unlike Matt Staff, Matt Stafford to play like he the way he did and I actually played against uh, Kevin Byard at Middle Tennessee great kid um he, he actually when they go through the combine process a lot of these scouts like the cheat man They'd like to ask you some questions to help their scouting. So they'd be like, hey, Brandon, uh do me a favor. Uh, can you tell me like three players that you played as that you thought were really good players? I'm thinking to myself, man, you just don't want to do your scouting. You're trying to let me do your scouting for you because I played against him. I scouted for him all weeks and stuff. All my, all my, I, I, okay, whatever. One of my players was Deion Jones, he played for LSU. Uh, we played against him. It was his first year playing the guy was a freak and covered the whole field. The other one was on that same defense in uh, Jamal Adams, and Jamal came with me after the game, and he was like we we just beat, we just just lost to lSU, but we played pretty well We, we played him in a in a uh, in a in a storm, a crazy storm like Leonard Fournette was on the team big and and literally it was probably calf deep in water, so they're just feeding fournette. And we're trying to throw it 50, 60 times in this game, and so we threw it sixty times. I think I threw for like whatever, like three fifty or whatever, and uh forty three whatever. And Jamal Adams comes up to me after the game. He's like, "Man, you're the best quarterback I ever played against." I said, "For real?" I said, "But that's not saying much. You played in the SEC, and that was before like Tua was taking over, and all you know, like before the, before they started throwing right and stuff like that. They right. had those, you know." Uh, McCarron and all that stuff, and he started laughing and stuff. So I thought that was that was a cool. But he was my second one and my third one. Um, so it was it was Kevin Byard and Kevin Byard man was a player. Deion Jones, Jamal Adams, and Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard was a baller. Can cover the whole field, come down on in your in your mouth and hit you. Uh, did a really good job in disguise in this game. He either playing cover five that little buzz coverage. He reads Stafford's eyes and picks that ball and takes it to the house. I thought that was kind of uh pretty cool because i felt like i we we had some really good battles and so um really cool to see him shine and stuff like that but this game was a good game i'm just excited for my guy i'm excited for the future to prove all these doubters wrong that they can do it without king the king baby (laughs) uh you you mentioned kevin
0: byard and you mentioned the interception 24 yard interception return for touchdown he was the afc defensive player of the month for october and he has a pick already in this, and he has a pick six already in November, so he's off to a good start. But also, when it comes to the Titans, couple of things, I got, and I've got, I've got two different spectrums here. One end, I got a Titans team. You mentioned the fifth straight win, but they have wins over five playoff teams from last year: Seattle, Indianapolis, Buffalo, Kansas City, and the Rams. And I talked, I know I talk negative when I talk about the. Kansas City Chiefs in regards to being a 500 team. But all those teams I mentioned, Seattle, Indy, Buffalo, KC, and the Rams made the playoffs last year and the Titans have wins over them this year. The other side is the fact that the Rams, who are seven and two, but as much as the Titans have beaten playoff teams from last year, the Rams are feast off of bad football teams if you look at the wins that they have. And they, I mean, they have a combined 14 and 38 record over teams that they beat like the bears like the giants i mean just bad bad football teams and the lions and because of that as much as i said before in regards to being able to run it and stop it. And I like the fact that Sean McVay gives the ball to Daryl Henderson as much as he does. And he gives, it to, and he gives it to Sonny Michelle as much as he does. I mean, their, their attitude is to run the football. I mean, as, as good as Cooper Cup is, and Robert Woods is, their attitude is, is they're going to run the football. But they have, like I said, they have some wins over bad football teams, Bears, Giants, Lions, uh, just to name a few, Houston. So, I guess my question to you is, you got Matt Stafford, who got sacked five times on Sunday night through two interceptions uh, on back-to-back possessions about 20 seconds apart, <laughs> including that pick six by a uh, buyer for a touchdown. And that brain-dead one, man. What the hell? in the end that? zone. What in the world? Yeah, that second one. Um, and I got to ask you, Matthew Matthew Stafford spent a whole lot of time in Detroit, and in Detroit there were less eyes on him in regards to playing on Sundays. Now he's in LA in a deal that he wanted and the Rams wanted, and he's got a bigger, I guess, uh, bigger stage now. He's on a football team that's expected to win, even though they're in second place right now in the NFC West. I mean, they were, you know. There was odds on him winning the MVP. And I got to wonder whether or not he's ready for this big stage because he spent all that time in Detroit. And I'm not knocking him. I'm just, again, I'm just questioning a guy that we've yet to see do it at, at, at a certain level yet where it matters
1: most. Agreed. And, you know, what's good about, you know, I think of two things. One, first off, Matt Stafford's from Tampa. Which is pretty sweet. He's a hometown kid. Didn't know that. Um, I thought secondly, it was a Texas
0: boy. I thought it was a Texas. Bar. No
1: man. He's born and raised in Tampa, Florida. Stafford, Matt Stafford, baby. Uh, you
0: you might want to double check that. I could have sworn. I'm, I'm, not,
1: I'm I looking at it right now.
0: I could have sworn he was a Texas guy.
1: I'm looking at it right now. Please tell me anyway. now
0: Don't look at you. Tell me you're not looking at Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> no. Well, then again, I'm I'm also look at Google sometimes. And my brother, of course, he likes to like google my name for some stupid reason and it says if you look up brandon dowdy's net worth it's like 4.5 million are you like where's the money You're like where is it and i'm like man did my wife did my wife rob me or something dog like what's up i didn't i don't i've never seen 4.5 ever in my life so what i could have
0: i could have sworn matthew stafford is, is a texas boy man he went to one of those i think te- he's in te- no he went to the same school that same high school that, that uh drew brees went to i'm almost no. positive about that he's from,
1: born in tampa florida Anyway, anyway, the, he, we'll, 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 okay, he was born. He was Tampa born. He,
0: he was born there, but he went to high school in in Texas.
1: Okay, he was born in Tampa, so we're both right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there was a no, point man. there.
0: What well, was a point there? What was the point?
1: No. So Tem- first off, he's a Tampa kid. So I was shouting out Tampa because we, we oh, okay. were on the Tampa Bay Bucks. Shout out Tampa! Tampa. Yeah. Shout out Tampa, baby! Um, so anyway, I, I I believe in Matthew Stafford, I, and I and. I know he does, his resume doesn't show it, but this dude, we used to watch him a lot in Miami only because our offense that they were, the offense that we were running with Adam Gase uh, had its ties with Peyton Manning and uh, our ties with, you know, uh, a lot of that, that success that Peyton had in 2014 uh, and the staff that he accumulated um, was, there was a lot of carryover staff in Detroit at that time with Patricia, but on the offensive side of the ball. So um there was a lot of same calls, same, uh, hot read, same protection scheme, same point system that we had, uh, for that. So I, I got to watch them a lot because they were doing essentially the same stuff as we were, but just out of like a way higher of a level. <laughs> they were like playing with the high school kids, and we were just still playing the NFL. But, um, anyway, I, I, I digress by saying, um, I'm, I'm interested to see how he handles the adversity. You are absolutely 100% spot on when you say that the LA market is totally, totally different than being in Detroit. So he does a lot more pressure on and an expectation for a team to win now. They don't care about first-round draft picks. They want to win now. They're going to get players that can make an impact right this second. Sean McVay is going to want to win right this second. He's made that very clear with his move from Jared gaw to, to, to Matthew Stafford. But if de facto, Matthew Stafford plays at a high level. He does a really good job. He's got a lot of weapons around him. He's got an offensive coach that, in my opinion, makes it a little bit too – sophisticated for his quarterback. So I hear he's got my guy, Tyler Higby, the best tight end in the NFL, just because he went to Western Kentucky. My guy, he's just, he's a baller. My, one of my best friends. Um, I see him every off season uh, and he's also born and raised in Tampa, Florida. Um, but anyway, so let <laughs> me stop shouting out the buzz. Uh, but no, man, he's he's uh, i I'm just excited about this team. I, I think they're, 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 they're solid. I know they lost this weekend. I think that they just were ill-prepared, Ill but I, I hope, in my opinion, I just hope that they go back to running that football, giving the ball. Like you said, though, they that play-action pass is what they make their money on. They want to set up the run, the run to set up the pass. Their, their their schemes they run on the offensive side of the ball is mirrored up with the run game that they're running. If they're running one-back zone or one-back power, they're going to have a one-back power Play action pass to converse that. So um, I, I, I'm not too worried about the Rams. They got their the the big dog, Von Miller coming coming out to uh, uh, punish quarterbacks here uh, coming up. So we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: So you're not worried about you No, about, I'm not worried.
1: One okay. one. I'm
0: not batting an eye. Okay. Well, okay. I, um, I I'm I'm a you are. I'm, I'm, I'm a wait and see guy. I'm not. I want I want to sign off on them, man. I want to buy them. I want I wanna I want They're to sign that talented, I want man. to sign that check. You're you, 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 talented, you man. know better than I do. There are I know plenty teams know. that have had plenty of talent. Talent, no, fall, you're right. That fall on their face. I want to sign you're off right. on I want to sign off on that check. Here's the thing though, too. Playing in SoFi Stadium to me is a whole lot different if they got packed their bags and maybe potentially come East to play. They somewhere. need home field. Yes. And they don't, they don't even have the division yet. Nope. And that's, that's huge. I agree. I mean, going, you know, moving forward after after week nine in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about, and that's why the, the, the Bucks sitting week nine, sitting at home, watching those first place teams lose and get their second loss. And all of a sudden, be the same place the Bucs are six and two, seven and two records. That's huge, because this league isn't about oh, you know, we're gonna be a wild card team back to back years and win the Super Bowls. That just doesn't happen. I mean, back to back is tough enough, you know that. But mm-hmm. then, the, then the, you know, to be a wild card team and try, you know, try to win back to back, it's huge for the Bucks to to win the division. It's even bigger, obviously, to be the number one seed. But there's only one this year, a team that gets to buy. So you got the Cardinals, who are still with one loss. Rams right behind them with two. Packers with two. Cowboys with two. Bucks with two. So just looking at things from, from an NFL standpoint, the NFC is so much stronger than, than the AFC with, with your boy and the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, and the Titans leading the AFC at 7-2, you know, I salute, as Tony Soprano would say, "God bless." You know, win all those games <laughs> that you're gonna win there in Tennessee, there Ryan Tannehill. But <laughs> me, meanwhile, teams like the Bucks are concentrating on getting that number one seed because it's huge, dude. And I Oops. don't know, and I don't know if the Rams don't get that number one seed and they're playing on the road, the wild card weekend, whether or not they can bring it the way they could, the way they're supposed to bring it outside that stadium and so fine
1: in L. A. You know what? You know what's funny that you say that because I think it's more important. For the Rams to get home field than it is the Tampa Bay Bucks to get home most field. definitely the Bucks Why? won last year on the road you got Tom he's played in New England man he's seen it all have you ever seen the the snow game and against them in Oakland and man he's seen it all he don't that that weather don't bother him even more even more recent
0: than that dude and last year in a, in a Bucks uniform
1: exactly on the
0: road in Washington on the road in New Orleans. On the road in Green Bay, they won three straight yep. playoff games on the road. So yep. it's. As I'm much just talking from
1: a. I'm talking from a weather, inclement weather standpoint. Oh no doubt. No I'm doubt. talking about that. Remember Stafford's in the in the inside man yes. in Detroit. He goes from the, Detroit, no man, to playing in, in L.A. LA. Playing in, no yes. man, you make a great. That's player. why I said that's fantastic. I didn't even think about that's that. That's
0: why I said I, I'm more of a you know show me guy because yep. I don't know that he's done it yet.
1: No, you're right. So, yeah, I didn't even think and, about
0: that. And as much as I as much as I as as I may, you know, watch them and like some of the things that they do, because I mean Cooper Cup might be I mean, he's he's probably the offensive player of the year. I mean he's Smart, having man. A, he's having a he's having a you know we can talk about all talented wide receivers we want to talk about in the NFL. Right now, the best wide receiver in the NFL is Cooper Cup. Hands I down. I agree. Smart, hands man. Hands down. So We're talk about all all the other talent the other guys have. And, and how they, you know, they will get to the football before you will, as far as the quarterback's concerned. And, you know, even when they're they're covered, they're open. I get that. Those guys are talented. We can go out on a list of guys. But right now, when it comes to on-the-field production on Sundays, Cooper Cup is the number one guy in
1: the NFL. He's the number one in the NFL.
0: But with that, again, you've got to be able to pack that. I mean, again, they're in second place. you got to be able to pack those bags. And have that travel with you. And damn right, Von Miller is going to help that defense. But still, you got a guy who's taking snaps on Sunday who really hasn't done it. And and until then,
1: I got to wonder Jig if he's going to get it
0: done. Yeah, I don't know. If, I got to wonder if he's going to get it done.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I, I didn't even think about that aspect, man. Mother nature in itself, but I, I I just I like the Rams game. You're right about Cooper Cup. He's greatest. He's the best receiver. In the game right now, he's actually good friends with Manning, the the Pey- Peyton and Eli, and I only know that because I was blessed enough to go to the Eli Peyton and Eli Manning Academy, and he was the receiver there, and he had been going there since he was a plate like a kid, like a camper. So he had gone up in New Orleans in that scheme or in that in that time, and he went to a real real real, real small school, and um, but just until You want to talk about just hanging out with? It was kind of funny. Peyton would never throw to anybody else but Cooper later when I was there. It's only, only only, they do this little showcase at the end, or if Peyton's running routes to try to get ready in the mornings, like he'll go before, he'll go out there and run a couple routes and do some conditioning and stuff like that. And he would bring Cooper with him, little Cooper. And only because he had that trust, he knew he was very smart. He was going to run precise routes. He knew exactly where he was going to be. And then you had a showcase at the end where they invited fans in and fans, you know, filled the, you know, the old high school there. And Peyton and Eli threw and every 100% of the snaps were Cooper Cup. He didn't throw it to no camper. He didn't throw to, I think one year Odell was there and uh, Odell went. And then Metcalf went, Peyton didn't want nothing to do with any of those guys he was throwing to Cooper Cup every single time. There's a credit for that. That dude's really smart, very educated. I remember, you know, sitting hit, sitting with him um, when we were trying to teach the campers uh, just how to throw throwing form and stuff. And he was trying to give them a receiver's perspective on the fade route and how you stack a receiver and where that ball needs to be and where the, the receiver is expecting the ball to be. Just, I was super impressed with his knowledge of the game. But um, that's why I just, I, you know, I, I I really think that, you are 100% right when you talk about they need to get home field advantage, but they need to do a better job of um, executing when, they need, when plays need to be made. And I think they can, if they can do that, they can change the tides a little bit. He's
0: former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point. All right, to wrap this up, we're going to let you know that next week, week 10 in the NFL, we will recap the Bucks and the Washington football team going at it. In uh, DC on Sunday at one o'clock. Until then, again, he's former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Dowdy. Follow myself, Len Montez, at Elmo at 810. This is the Monday Morning Extra Point, a Bucks Nation podcast.